0: Hi, this is Greg Voysin, inviting you to listen to our latest Inside Personal Growth podcast episode, number 869, with Dr. John Ratty, about a new book he co-authored with Dr. Edward Hollowell, entitled ADHD 2.0, New Science and Essential Strategies for Thriving with Distraction from Childhood Through Adulthood. This podcast, number 869, is brought to you by Dr. Greg Hammer author of a new book entitled Gain Without Pain, The Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals. Greg's book is designed to guide the healthcare professional dealing with stress and anxiety to a place of mentally, emotionally, and physically that reduces unwanted stress in their lives. If you want to learn more about Dr. Greg Hammer and his new book and get a free excerpt, please visit his website at www.greg. HammerMD.com. That's G R E G H A M M E R M D.com. And now for our featured podcast, please listen to my interview with author John Raddy about his new co authored book, ADHD 2.0 New Science and Essential Strategies for Thriving with Distraction from Childhood through Adulthood. Happy listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And John, as I do all the time, I thank the listeners because now we've grown to over 300,000 people. Uh, they are all over the world. They are avid listeners and we appreciate them. Um, it, not an overnight success. We've been at this almost 15 years and around 900 podcasts. So I don't know how I've done it but I continue to keep going. <laughs> and today we have uh, John Raddy on the line with us, Dr. John Ratty, ZMD, and he has a new book out that I'm going to hold up here. It's actually with Ed Hallowell and John uh, called ADHD 2.0. Um, and I think the affliction of ADHD is for a lot of people. So we have We have a lot to talk about and a lot that he can actually um, impart on us because the real point of this book is the new science um, and the essential strategies for thriving with distraction. Uh, And I think uh, we have plenty of distraction in our life. So John, he's an associate clinical professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School and internationally recognized expert. In neuropsychology and wellness, he's published over 60 peer review articles, 11 books, including the uh, groundbreaking ADD, ADHD-driven-to-distraction series uh, with his partner, Ed Halliwell, and Spark, the revolutionary new science of exercise in the brain, uh, which established him as one of the world's foremost authorities on brain fitness connection. He's been recognized by his peers as one of the best doctors in America since 1997 and in 2016 was honored by the Massachusetts Psychiatric Society as Outstanding Psychiatrist of the Year. He's got offices, obviously, back east in Cambridge and uh, in Los Angeles. And if you want to learn more about John, just go to R A T E Y dot There you will learn more about him And obviously, there is a book website that we'll put up as well. Uh, Go out and get a copy of this book because it is informative. It also uh, is for people who live with people with ADHD. And, And you guys, both of you and Ed, say that you're suffering from it. I wouldn't say suffering, because I literally have it as well. I know I do. I've not officially been diagnosed with it. But when you read your book, and you look at all the symptoms, I go, yeah, I don't know if I need to be officially diagnosed or not. So John, you mentioned that all of us probably know somebody with ADHD, or as you like to refer to it as variable attention trait. I love that. Um, What are some of the upsides to having ADHD, or at least being diagnosed with it, because there are a lot of upsides. It's not all bad news.
1: Right. It's not all bad news at all. In fact, uh, Ned really uh, talks about it as a, a good news diagnosis, you know, that, that uh, if you know you have it, you can man- maybe begin to manage it, but it has a lot of good benefits, like tremendous energy. Mm -hmm. Being able to, like you, being able to stick with it through 900 podcasts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm 67 years old on top of it. So I I give myself credit.
1: (laughs) Right, right. But, okay, so you have this energy and this uh, pursuit of novelty because your success probably in your podcast in part comes from your interest in something new. You're 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 focused on the new and the novel. I'm a and very
0: curious guy.
1: Yeah. I'm curious.
0: Yes. I'm about and as then, highly curious as anybody out there.
1: <laughs> and and believe me, that's part of the ADD back you know, makeup is somebody always looking for something new, something to change the way we think about ourselves and the way we're dealing with life. Um and and which leads to A lot of creativity. Many, if not most, of our entrepreneurs, uh, successful and unsuccessful entrepreneurs, have ADHD. You know, big names in the field of every field, really, uh, because they're relentless in their pursuit of the new uh, and uh, wanting to to make a, a change in the way things operate. They're the ones to call the say the emperor has no clothes, saying why are we doing it this way? This is dumb. Uh, Let's do it this. Let's do it the other way, Um, and it leads to uh, innovation and change in uh, our culture. So these also people with ADD are incredibly sensitive uh, and can make very. Good partners, uh, if they sustain, if they sustain their focus on the, any of the partnerships, uh, both in business and personally. So,
0: do you do you find these people to be more intuitive?
1: Yeah, that's we say that, and I, I think that's probably true uh, b- because you know what is intuition? It's it's like there there's there trying to understand things and they're batting around ideas and their brains are going a mile a minute. Um, You know, we, in in our book, we talk a lot about how our brains are different um, than uh, the norm. Uh, One particular chapter looking at uh, using the FMRI, our fancy scans, which your, your audience is probably aware of if they're listening to your podcast. Well, it's watching the brain work, and uh, what we find with most people, the sort of neurotypical—they're called the non-ADHD people—they there's uh, we we look at the brain organized in terms of networks now. Well, with uh, non-ADHD people, they they will have one network called uh, all of them all of us have the network. Uh, The default mode network, which is really what we uh, where we're at when we're thinking of nothing, when we're daydreaming, when we're letting our mind wander. And that's opposed by the uh, task performance network. And when we're in the task performance network, we're focused and we remain focused. And in the normal situation, when you're focused on something, the default modes network sort of shuts up. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. it's not as active, but with ADD, it never shuts up or it doesn't, it's harder for it to shut up. And so it's like a magnet constantly pulling your attention away from whatever you're focused on. So the, you know the the trick is is to get something that you're really focused on, or that you're really motivated by, and a way to remind yourself that this is what you what you're motivated by to to pursue this or that.
0: It's so, interesting because I had uh, Stephen Kotler on here just recently, The Art of Impossible, and you know he's been doing a lot of neuroscience study,
1: and
0: I to say focus is for free curiosity. And then the curiosity leads to passion and try and find the links between those passions. So, you know, okay, great. Focus is for free, but not everybody has the greatest ability to focus. Uh, but the curiosity comes and leads to a passion. And when those passions are strung together, you find a purpose. And then when you find that purpose, you can really be driven to, to create those goals. And then you can do those proximal goals. And then you can apply the grit and determination in that. And I love that kind of formula because when you look at it it really starts with focus right um and it it it, and then it leads to finding that passion and you offer an arsenal of new strategies and lifestyle acts for thriving with adhd what are some of the strategies that anyone listening who's been diagnosed with adhd whether they're diagnosed or not all you gotta do is read your book (laughs) <laughs> and you really are going to find out whether or not you have ADHD or not. But um, I'm not certain you actually need to go to a psychologist to get diagnosed.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. But, uh, yeah, the uh, what, what, what you alluded to, what Cotler was talking about, too, is finding the right, getting to the passion, getting to yeah. that which motivates you, that you're riveted to. Um, yes. Yes. And we look at that as being connected, you know, whether it's to people, to projects, to an idea, to a group. Uh, that we call it vitamin C, that this is uh, the, the biggest antidote to ADHD, to your mind wandering. If you're connected to, to what it is you're after. So uh, the deal is just to get something that you're passionate enough about. Yep. and that you're uh that will will get you interested and keep you interested and to have the support of people around you you know that to uh, people that you're connected to because this makes a nice uh launching pad for you to do whatever do what it is you're you're interested in mm-hmm. and, and especially our a d d folks a lot of them have a history of failure, of of uh, unmet goals. Uh, you know, of, of failure to thrive. Some some of them. And, well, and because they're starting,
0: they're always starting something new. They're looking yeah, for the next. It's the,
1: the next.
0: next. It's the next shiny object. But I think the older you get with ADHD, actually, the better it works for you. It seems to be anyway, because. Now you understand what it is you've been doing to sabotage yourself and you've recognized what it takes to actually stay with a project. I don't know if that's true, but that's been true for me.
1: Yes. No, it, it, it is for a lot of people, too. You know, you, you learn coping mechanisms along the way and a big part of that is is reminding literally reminding yourself why you're interested in whatever it is you're you're interested in you know you wake up and you have a podcast so uh you know you're interested in that you're interested in what's going to happen here between us but also in, in life and that keeps you going that keeps you focused on and you know it's your job and all that but this keeps you uh, on it and, and, and helps you sustain your, your attention, which is the biggest problem. And the way we think about it in terms of the biology, if you have this default mode, which is really mind wandering, if your mind is wandering, you can't stay focused. But if you have that, uh, active, which our ADD folks have, and it's sort of like a magnet. It pulls your attention away to get into this default mode, which uh, it, it can be very problematic. Now, it's also going to be the source of creativity because you're batting around ideas in that default mode. And, um, you know, it may be a good one that you have an association that no one else has and, and you take off and you have creativity. It's a, what we call it's intuition gone right. Uh yeah. You know, it, it's it it really is where I you I think go. when
0: you used your you know I wrote a book called Hacking the Gap, A Journey from Intuition to Innovation and Beyond. And what I realized was that, you know, intuition can be that spark, right? But then you have to follow through. And the and the challenge is I have eight uh, alliterations around a circle that is each is a chapter. But my point is that really when you can get that focus and you get that passion, you really, as an ADHD diagnosed or undiagnosed person can really make it. Now, what are the, what are these lifestyle hacks for thriving with it? You know, you mentioned them in the book. Uh, You've got them right on the jacket of the book. So (laughs) I thought we had at least cover those.
1: Okay, well, you you may have to help me because I don't have a copy of the book here, but that's too bad. All
0: right. Well, uh, it's, it's uh, find the right kind of difficult reimagined environment, brace your innate neurological tendencies, tap into the healing power of connection, and consider um, medication. I have a question regarding medication later on because yeah.
1: I don't know if I no, know No I Let me maybe. get started. They're, they're, they Those are the chapter titles. So, yeah, no, the let me start with something that I'm immersed in, and that is talking about the benefits of exercise, you know, okay. it, it, because it, it tunes up your biology. It does the same thing as uh, as the stimulants that we use to sharpen your attention and sustain it by exercising, you're you're creating a uh, situation where you have more dopamine and norepinephrine for, uh, you know, to be specific in the synaptic cleft, which is really what's needed to sustain our attention. It's the same thing that our stimulants do. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, it does a lot. Exercise does a lot more in terms of calming you down, uh, sustaining your motivation uh, and and. And blocking out the noise.
0: It also noise. gets you focused. You know, yeah. what I've noticed is I'm an avid cyclist. So yesterday I got to do 20 miles. Today I'll do another 20 miles. But the point is, you know, you co- after you complete an hour and a half bike ride or however long it takes somebody, you can come back and do your work and you can be so much more efficient and effective at doing the work uh, after you've released the dopamine and norepinephrine after after in your system. Uh, and then you get a better night's sleep too. <laughs> <dumb with> <laughs> yeah,
1: there's, you know, that's what we talked about in our first podcast, Spark. And I was telling you all about exactly how it, it changes our brain for the good. But yes, it does all those things and it makes our brains ready to attend and also ready to pounce on a new idea and it helps us persist with our goals and that's a big problem with add persistence yeah uh, uh, remaining on it though no, you've persisted you have 900 podcasts my god that's persistent of the first order you you had reinforcement because it was successful and it was interesting and you got to meet amazingly interesting people and uh and that's itself is uh it's just, you know Continually sustaining your your passion.
0: Yes, but it, you know, you, you cite this Dr. Barkley in the book who states an average uh, per person with ADHD has a life expectancy of less than thirteen years less than the person without this diagnosis. Why is this? And how do we apply the two thinking so this does not have to be the case?
1: Well, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. First, let's look at why, why it, it really is more devastating than many other, even physical problems, diabetes, lung disease, heart disease. Uh, you know, that, that, uh, ADD can really shorten the lifespan because it's unrecognized oftentimes or it's untreated. And this disrupts the environment, disrupts the person, disrupts the family. It gets to be a huge issue and uh, leads to all kinds of trauma, uh, both personally and then for the family. And then this sets up a a, a real negative environment and and leads often to chronic failure, shame and humiliation, which are the biggest problems against uh, all of us, but certainly for people who have ADD. Because they're sensitive. They will over-respond to that. And uh, so, the, you know, the the ways of uh, around... Is their getting... level
0: of depression higher as a result? Yes. And then uh, also, more is suicide higher?
1: More, more depression, more anxiety. Um, you know, uh, we have another... mention Do you see of somebody... the
0: rates of... Do you see the rates of suicide are higher as well? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And oh. especially because it, in those that have had a disruptive childhood. And, you know, the disruptive childhood and ADD sort of often go hand in hand. Not all the time, but often. So it's it's really, uh, you know, when they set themselves up to be uh, traumatized and have repeated traumas, this leads to really poor outcomes um depression um and physical and mental problems um you know we in our book we talk about your friend from San Diego down there who uh doctor what's his name again Dr.
0: well let me get it for you f e l i t t
1: i I never I never knew how to pronounce it uh okay what he did the study down there in San Diego at Kaiser, he was looking at women uh, who were in the community who were way overweight, and they came to yeah. him his obesity clinic. 300
0: and, pounds overweight. Yeah, and yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. He found that a, a number of them uh, would be starting to lose weight and doing, being successful, but then they'd stop so he invited one of these people in to talk why well he found out that they were holding on to their a bit of their obesity because it prevented men from being interested in them because right. they had an early trauma uh of uh, sexual abuse um in their in their past and this this has been confirmed by many other studies now looking at that to why some of these women who have so much weight on it, it's a way of preventing interest in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it leads to, or led him by the way, to, to do a very important uh, follow-up study on, on just uh, because he, he found that with early trauma, One gets uh, problems later on, like you mentioned suicide. Well, you know, if you have more than four significant traumas on his scale, the ACE scale, um, you will likely uh, it's the incidence of suicide attempts is 1500 times more than the quote normal person. So I
0: think there, I I think, you know, I see these shows with women and it's not just women, women and men who are grossly overweight, but most of the women have been sexually abused, sexually abused, you know, and I know there's no correlation here. But, you know, when you look at some of the uh, famous people we've had in our life, that we've loved like Robin Williams, who have ADD, ADHD, everything combined into one. Right. I don't know about abuse, but then to commit suicide, it kind of goes along with it because it's got to. I mean, when you saw the guy, he was always on. It was always, you know, um, and he was probably an extreme case.
1: (laughs) Very very extreme case. I mean, we always wanted him to talk about his ADD, never did. But uh, but he died of Picks disease, which is really different. That's why he committed suicide.
0: It's I don't a, even know what picks disease no, is I know so. it's
1: a neurologic problem. it's a degenerating neuro, neuro, brain that, ah. that uh, you know, and that's what he was faced with and uh, and then he decided to kill himself he didn't he didn't want to deal with it yeah Well, uh, no, I mean he was already de- beginning to deal with it and it was it's a grim it's a grim future
0: oh, it's uh i I will have to study up on that one, John yeah, I don't know yeah. anything about yeah. it um but you know. You state that you explain ADHD to children by using a very simple analogy, and I love that. It's like having the power of a Ferrari engine, but with the bicycle strength brakes. Um, can you explain that kind of analogy to the listeners? Because I, I thought it was interesting. It's like, hey, I've got a power of a Ferrari, but I don't know when to brake. <laughs>
1: It's not necessarily knowing when to break. It's can you break? Uh, oftentimes there's a problem in putting the brakes on. Um, You know, the, the restlessness, the impulsivity, which we talk about, which are primary symptoms of uh, people with ADHD. They have a hard time stopping. They have mm-hmm. a hard time p- putting the brakes on their feelings, putting the brakes on their responses, putting the brakes on their anger or their excitement. So you you have uh, you know people that you you who are viewed as being impulsive and out of sometimes out of control. So what what we what we talk about with uh, the the brakes business to kids is say look we have to figure out ways of helping you get your brakes working better, making your brakes better. Now we and, and exercise, by the way, is one of the great ways of improving your your control over your impulses. So what about
0: um, meditation
1: and-, and meditation? Fantastic w- way of of uh, improving your breaks. Uh, uh, practice is probably the best way. Uh, having uh, Setting up your environment, as we say in, in one of our chapters, uh, setting up your your ideal environment to help sustain your pursuit of what it is you're after. Right. Uh, you know that that's
0: environment is a big thing for people with ADHD. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, and... if there's too many things around them, it's distracting. <laughs> and I, if you're lucky, you can't see my desk on each side of me. <laughs> uh but the but the point is is that yeah to get that focus uh to keep it uh consistent uh requires us to have a i call a harmonized environment okay. uh in in particular for me it needs to be in balance and harmony um and you know you you listed the telltale signs of adhd we've been talking about them now for the last 20 minutes and uh and if someone out there listening uh, wants to be diagnosed officially, <laughs> uh, what would you suggest that they they go about doing? I well, mean, look, so uh, they can pick up this book, and yeah. I think they could self-diagnose. <laughs> but if they didn't believe what they read, then they can go get diagnosed.
1: Well, yeah, is there a place me. to go? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. There's a place to go. You start off with your. Uh, you're a general practitioner that you're working with uh, PCP uh, you know, they, and they might have a, a, a advice as to who to see, um, you know, to, to get a formal diagnosis if that's what you need. First of all, you may not need it if you understand it and you can hack it. Like you're, you're big on hack biohacking or brain hacking, which I love. Yeah. If yeah. you can, if you can find a way to do that, uh then you and and a lot of people can understand that they have it and and make the appropriate changes in their life to to help avoid the pitfalls now one of the big pitfalls of, of ADD is addiction and uh incredible self-esteem challenges um and can lead to this, uh, the sensitive nature of, of all of us, but certainly ADD people who take, uh, failure seriously. They're, they're oftentimes ruminating about what they haven't done, even though they might be very successful. They mm-hmm. ruminate and want to deal with things that they haven't done. And I have many stories. We have many stories of people that have been incredibly successful would come in and, and they want to, Get their attention right so that they can. This one guy who helped uh, all the banks do, do their checks way, way back, you know, be able to com- computerize the, the check writing. Um, and he was a young guy, but an, an incredibly successful. But he wanted to go back to, to high school, to, well, to college, first year of college, to do that math course, which he could never get. But he was driven to. To prove to himself that he could understand it, you know, and he, I see, it, and, and yeah. so you it's know, almost
0: like an obsession. Yeah, to an is? obsession.
1: Yeah, it is because yeah, yeah. he's definitely. Yeah. Even though he was, you know, he'd come to the office in a brand new sports car every every week when I was seeing him, a different one. Why? Because he was so successful, and yet he was be- beset by these these demons saying that you know you were stupid uh you know is it anything but stupid right but uh um, right
0: <laughs> don't you get it guy you've got a brand new sports car every day <laughs> it's
1: amazing so so you know but it's it's and and you can really get into these ruminations and, and it can you can get carried away with it um yeah
0: you know. i can i can see that about that Yeah. Now, Speak with us about the connection between the cerebellum and ADHD and how improving the cerebellum function can improve the ADHD symptoms.
1: Right. Well, the cerebellum is, is uh, our little brain in the back of our head. And it, it's, it has become very much in the forefront of neuroscience in the past 15 years because we're unpacking it and understanding how important it is. Now, the cerebellum uh, is mainly thought of or has mainly been thought of as uh, keeping our balance and coordination uh, movement-wise. Well, it's in fact, it's movement and coordination of all of our brain activity, including our higher functions, including mood, and certainly including attention. And what we've learned in the past 10 years is how important this is for attention and attention deficit. That we need to boost the effectiveness of the cerebellum and uh, be, to help guide our attention to keep our attention working right.
0: How do you recommend boosting that?
1: Well, the, 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 in our book, we talk what have you about, found out? What what ways to do that? Yeah, is to, is to train your balance and coordination. You know, okay. Standing on one foot, using the Bosu ball, uh, you know, using balance boards, um, you know, playing sports, using sports that involved uh, a lot of changes, and and you know, the biggest one that we have lots of data on is dance. The 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 benefits of dance because you get a, a lot of brain activity, a lot of muscle activity, brain activity, but, but you then gotta you, you got to think at the same time, right?
0: Unlike right. riding a bicycle, you don't really have to
1: think much, right? Right, <laughs> unless you, <laughs> unless you, yeah.
0: you can just put your feet feet in the pedals and just keep going. But dancing, you got to remember the moves, and if you don't remember the moves, you're in, <laughs> you're in trouble. Right. Uh, I haven't ever been a big dancer, but the fact that you talked about the balancing beam or or using uh, those boards that people sit on, yep. I would think that surfing would be one oh. that would probably be uh, great for the cerebellum.
1: Tremendous, tremendous yeah. for, for uh, actually many ADD people down your way uh, are surfers because it really calms them down. You know yeah. the excitement. It's it's being on the edge. It's all the stuff that ADD people love. But at the same time, they're stimulating their brain in such a way that their attention is better. So, so that there, would
0: go along for jujitsu or um, aikido. Yeah. Any of right. the eastern martial, arts. martial yes. arts would be would be a great way. Right. That's, that's super.
1: You, yeah, because you have to. Uh, get the movement right, the the the, the form right before you right. advance, and that's right. that's a struggle. So you're having to attend to it at the same time, it, involving uh, you know struggle of 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 your muscles to get get it right, and 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 that 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 trains your attention.
0: Yoga as well. Now I was big yeah. into yoga until. Uh, the the pandemic and then obviously all the classes stopped. but um, I'm back at it again now. Thank God uh, it keeps me going. Now, you speak about the right kind of difficult and the importance of someone with ADhD finding that the right creative idea or project. How do people with ADHD find the superpower and how can you help them? John?
1: You can help them by pointing out, by having them explore what it is that they're really, uh, what what really grips them. You know, the right kind of difficult, meaning uh, that which is, is difficult for you, but it's something you want to do. You want to have, you want to learn, you want to, I mean, Ned talks about his right kind of difficulty being writing. He's He's dyslexic. You know that and now has twenty-five books to his credit. You know, and what, and each one is a struggle, but that keeps him focused and keeps him motivated. And uh, you know, and I'm I'm similar in in writing the books that I've written. I mean, it's it doesn't it, they didn't come easy. It was the right kind of difficult. Right. I like for myself. I I was very gifted in math but when I went to college I became a philosopher philosophy major and religion major and literature major I, I was took no math and very little science in college because I really wanted to be better at writing because I knew that I, that was a struggle for me mm-hmm. and, and so you I mean, philosophy, you write more than any other subject you could
0: think of. Right. Well, I think writing a book is there's a there's a look, everybody's got their own process. But once you find the process that works for you, in my case, I've only done two books, not as many as, you know, Ed, but uh, or you. But the but the reality is, is that you've got to get a cadence that works for you and figure out what that is and stay with it um and and that's the important thing and then i always say don't read what you wrote just write (laughs) because if you read what you wrote you're going to spend your whole time correcting what you wrote um now in your chapter on move to focus move to motivate the power of exercise you're the expert on this the spark book and you discuss the importance of exercise for people diagnosed with adhd Why is it that exercise? You've talked a little bit about it—the norepinephrine and the release of the chemicals. Uh, Why is it that exercise is so important to helping ADHD people diagnose, stay focused? Is it just typically? Is it really the chemical release that they get? Well,
1: it's all kinds of things. I mean, you make your brain work better. You make your brain work best when in the exercise mode. Afterwards, you, you improve your memory. Uh, your, short, your, your working memory, short-term memory, you improve the so-called executive functions, be meaning our, uh, our focus, sustaining our focus, being able to switch focus, uh, because a lot of ADD people have trouble switching. Once they get focused on something, they can't switch as easily as they should. Mm-hmm. And uh, ec- exercise helps this fluidity of thinking uh which is, is very important for uh, us in life and to be successful and to move on. Yeah, so
0: it's, yeah. it's interesting, but your other book really does do a great job at people. We'll put a link to that as well, Spark. Uh yeah. That would be a good one for them to read. Now, you list a very daunting list of medications that can be prescribed for ADHD. And I looked at the page and I... Almost fell off of my chair. Um, under what circumstances do you believe that medication should be prescribed, and to what length should parents or individuals attempt alternatives before refer, reverting to medications?
1: Well, just, just I mean, this is what this is a big moment of our uh, uh, of our book. See, because people have such a prejudice. About ADD, that's one of the reasons why we talked about calling it VAST, you know, variable attention st- stimulus trait, a trait rather than a diagnosis, rather than a right. deficit, because it, it, it conveys such a negative uh, image and a negative sense of being. Similarly with medicine, medicine is, is very useful. And, you know, people are against it, much like they're again the, against the vaccination for some reason. <laughs> I mean, they're against it because it, it seems like it's cheating or it's uh, going to harm you. Um, you know, they have, they have the same kind of worry. Are you going to be a slave to it? No, the medicine is just to help, to help. And especially for people who have very, Significant cases of ADHD that aren't treated right. uh, that aren't treated by the the exercise and by finding your right focus and all that. But
0: I think I heard it once said, uh, John, uh, that uh, I don't know who told this story to me, but some other author. It's like, hey, look, you know, you go in the doctor, and the doctor um, uh, diagnosed you with diabetes and you need to take medication, you take it, and they will take it. But if they diagnosed you with ADHD or or some other OCD or whatever, and they said, hey, I've got a medication to help you, there seems to be this, like, hey, I don't want to do that. But the mind is still part of the body. It's just that I don't think people look at it that way. They think it's a crutch, Um,
1: you know. Well, but it can be a crutch for people in general. You know, the medicine can, I mean, very useful. Uh, just you, I'm sure you are aware of the, the, the college environment where people sell their Adderall uh, yeah, or yeah. their stimulant to uh, help uh, people when they're taking a test or when they're writing a paper because it will help them stay in their chair to, to get their projects done. Um and that that in that sense it can be a crutch but it it can be very life-changing for people who really need it and, mm. and this, is, this is what's important not to I mean you know that it's gotten such a bad rap because so many people have been diagnosed with adD and so much has been made of the medication and um, we have good medicine for yeah. ADHD now you know and uh, a wide variety actually um but well, i
0: know my wife was a school teacher for 25 years and the yeah. kids would come in and there would be a lot you know she'd have to remind him he'd take the medicine or did you take your medicine or and i think the people that are educating children with adhd they recognize the need for it um whether they're an advocate of it or not, isn't important. What they realize is that they usually do better with it, especially kids. Um, Otherwise, they would be off the wall the whole time. Uh, So that's a good thing. Now, if you were to leave the listeners with three points about the new science and the strategies uh, to thrive with distraction, and I love you not using the term ADHD, even though... It it is the title of the book, but the reality is you if you had to put the other uh, reference to the variable um, uh, reference you made, you probably wouldn't get as many people buying the book. So right. Th- right. the point is is that if this new science and strategies to thrive this distraction, what, what would be the three things you'd want to leave our listeners with?
1: Well, I think there's is First off is it is detoxifying it, taking away the deficit and seeing it as a a human trait that can be, uh, you know, seriously affecting your life so that it's something that you need to understand and need to deal with it. And you can do that by, uh, you know, all the different by our book, by all the different stuff on the Internet, uh, by hiring a coach by uh, working with people who understand it. And, and, and you understand. have a
0: huge reference section I should yeah. show my listeners. I've never seen a reference section in a book as, as extensive as this. So definitely go to the back of the book and look at the Appendix B uh, because you'll find
1: plenty of reference there, right? Right, right. And that's that's and it's, it's, it's reaching out for help if you need it. Uh, But making yourself aware of what ADHD is. And then going back to the beginning, uh, also using exercise as a daily part of your life. All of us should be, as you are, you know, you're cycling 20 miles a day, you know, at least. Trying.
0: Uh, It's not every day. I have a spin bike upstairs. My point is, is that I try to do some, I at least walk or I ride a bike, or I get down and do push-ups, or I, you know, whatever it might be, um, I'm pretty active. And I yeah. think the, the point is, when you have ADHD, uh, to take the focus time to meditate, or journal, or, or do yoga, or ride a bike, or surf, or, or whatever the activity is, an activity that isn't sitting front in, in front of your computer.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, there, there's a, a, absolutely getting into life. You know, not only does it work on your attention, but it works on your mood, your stress level, your anxiety. It helps you decrease the, the power of the cravings that, that uh, lead us to no good. Um, so for every reason, uh, that that exercise is a huge should be a huge part of anybody's life, but certainly people who have you know the or you know on the end of the curve of people who have variable attention trait um, right. that they're they're in need of something to help them, and so exercise is there uh, finding the right you know connection to uh, you know the, the that which is going to motivate you and keep you at it like right. your podcast business uh, you know that's that's just a perfect example you know it sustained you it it provided a lot of interest and a lot of fun over the years I'm oh sure. yeah
0: yeah yeah and i and I think that whether you find it in something like doing a podcast or working with a charity of some type or doing that. I know when I do this show, all the donations that come in from authors, I give them away. I actually go out and interview people who have found themselves homeless. And yep. I'm stringing that together. I turn that into a different project, right? So it's just like an ADHD person to say, hey, well, the podcast, you know, what can you do with it? What, Where can you take it? And how can you help and serve people? And, and then I think you point out some points that exercise is there, right? That's a key one. That's a strategy. Recognizing that it's not a bad thing, while maybe not a strategy, is truly something that it is. And what would be the third one you'd want to
1: give people? Well, it, you, the, the third one is is to learn how to engineer your environment. Okay. Uh, really think about how to... Make you most successful. How to help you get the breaks, or to remind you that this is what you want to do. Using our our computer and our iPhones these days, you know that we have ready access to things, to, to, to ways of keeping you focused or reminding you to stay focused, bringing you back to that which you're interested in, and your environment at, at home or at work can be you know you can make it so that it's it's friendly to promoting your being focused and and I think that's the, the, and we, we talk about it by maximizing your uh, finding the great environment and that's that's really important and with that that also means finding the right people right. finding the right connection to sustain you You know, uh, as you mentioned, you know, writing your book. But one of the things for me has always been that I needed a a co-author or a a ghostwriter or, or, you know, uh, in Spark, I had a, you mentioned, going back over it and not getting forward. We had, I had a co-author, was really a ghostwriter who was a editor yeah. well you know what editors do they want everything exact
0: you know yeah, <laughs> yeah i do know what and i'd be
1: flying along and writing and and he said no you can't say that we've got to go back and change this and i said no let's just finish it and then we'll go back and change it <laughs> exactly. we almost got into a fistfight over that you know i mean it it uh but it's it, you need, but I need somebody to, and not for.
0: Your support system was this guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and I've had them in, in all the stuff that I've done. I've always had somebody of work.
0: Well, with. I mean, look, you you co authored this book. Yes. Uh, yes. So again, uh, Ed is your co author. And right. by the way, it is Ed Hallowell, MD, and John Reddy. And I'm going to say, go. Go out and buy. We'll have a link to Amazon so you can pick this book up. Uh, I think for those of you who think you might have ADHD, a perfect book. For those of you who have ADHD and you've already been diagnosed and you know you've got it, a perfect book. Uh, this is a great book for you uh, to give you some new strategies and coping mechanisms. And so, uh, John, it's been a pleasure having you back on the show again. It's been uh, would we say eight years in between, but at yeah. least it's great having you back. Um, the only thing that's happened to us is, well, your hair isn't uh, white yet, but mine now is whiter. Um, but, no, I have a white
1: streak down the middle. I see, I
0: see the, one, the white streak. That's about it. Yeah. But um, I don't color it, nor will I ever color it. So that's the point. But I really appreciate your time. Uh, Give my best to Ed, if you would. I I know I've spoken with him many times, and I appreciate you being on Inside Personal Growth, and thanks for a great interview and a great podcast.
1: Well, thanks for having me, and I really enjoyed touching base with you again.